Good afternoon. A happy Monday. Thanks for joining us here on the BetUS NBA show. Alex Christensen, Josh C., Kate Constable here with you today. A quiet slate today, only four games on the docket, but yesterday, Sunday, was quite the day in the NBA, so I want to hear how you guys did over the weekend. Josh, let's start with you. Yesterday was really good, uh, really, really good, so hopefully more of that for the rest of the week would be fantastic way to sign off the month. Um, things pretty straightforward yesterday, actually. I thought it was probably one of the better cards of the year for me anyway, um, in terms of edges showing and then results matching those edges, which is always nice and reassuring. So, like I said, hopefully we can keep chugging along in that manner and, and close out the month in a similar fashion. Alex, how about you? Surprisingly small number of bets for me on a big slate. I had the over in the Detroit-Denver um, game, which is pretty easy, um, and then got extremely lucky at the end of the first quarter in the Minnesota game. Four-point play by Jalen Noel to push my Timberwolves minus one in the first quarter. So it's always better to be lucky than good. 1-0-1 on the day. That is always better to be lucky than good. Yes. Well, we'll kick things off today, um, starting with our overall record, as we always do. Um, not too, not too good on my end. I am uh, at, at 500 right now. Last week was not a good week for me, but we'll turn that around this weekend. Alex sitting at 56 and 46 and Josh 48 and 49 hanging out with me around the 500 mark, uh, 230, 200 for our overall total. As we get going through the show, send us your questions in the chat feature. We would love to hear from you, and we'll get those answered at the end of the show. Also, let us know who you're uh, betting on. If you're on our side, if you're going against us, we would just uh, love to hear it. All right, we will kick things off today talking about the Knicks and Cavs. Cavs are a six-point favorite at home. Total here is sitting at 203. The Knicks are on a back-to-back. They beat the Clippers last night in New York, now travel to Cleveland. And the Cavs, they're coming off an ugly win over the Thunder on Saturday, but a win nonetheless. Josh, who do you have in this one? Yeah, I'm going to ride with the Knicks here, and I don't love it by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm also hoping for some kind injury news to go our way. I think there's a lot still to unpack in this one that we don't know. Uh, Laurie Markinen out for the Cavaliers is notable. Jarrett Allen is questionable now with an illness. That's obviously going to be a pretty big one. Uh, in this matchup in particular. For the Knicks, Mitchell Robinson questionable. Obviously, it'd be nice if he plays. Kemba Walker also questionable. I'm not too phased on that one, though. But ultimately, it's going to come down to if Jared Allen sits, I think the Knicks have a pretty big advantage on the inside in this game, and I think that's enough for them to hang around for the majority, um, especially when you look at other areas at the Cavs. If Rondo sits again, they are going to be short in that guard rotation. I don't think it necessarily impacts them too much because Garland does carry such a heavy uh, workload for them and does a lot of the heavy lifting there. But when you take away another playmaker and then you sort of take away other little pieces of the rotation for them, it does get tough to have to cover a spread like this. I think, you know, and asking them to win by three possessions against a team who we know can be gritty and can hang around in games long enough. And I think this is certainly setting up to be one of those situations for the Knicks where they can do just that, even if they are on a back-to-back. So ideally we do get Mitchell Robinson. Like I said, I'm, uh, not too phased if we don't. My number on this game is six and a half um, at the moment. And that's, you know, with Jared Allen still playing. So the adjustment, if he's out, I think could put us in situation where we have a pretty good market position on the Knicks if he does end up sitting here. If he doesn't, I wouldn't necessarily say we have a negative position, but it's certainly a little bit more of a coin flip. But one that I'm willing to write, I think, with the Knicks in this one. 
Alex, would you agree with Josh? Yeah, I think it does come down to the injuries. I was, you know, I have the number basically right where he does. I kind of lean Cleveland, but, you know, if Jarrett Allen is out, Mitchell Robinson's in, they're going to miss Laurie Markin. And, you know, it makes the Cavs a li- maybe a little thin at the big man spot. It takes away some of their defensive advantages. Overall, I still think they're the much better team. The Knicks continue to struggle, um, you know, without Derrick Rose. And again, without some of these big guys, again, Nerlens Noel's probable. That'll help quite a bit. If Mitchell Robinson's in, it's a nice spot for the Knicks overall. But I'm going to continue to back the Cavs here in first quarters. I mean, they've been a team. They've started very well. First quarters, um, first quarters, first halves have been really fantastic for them this year. And, you know, even without Jared Allen, I think this is a nice spot. The Knicks have been a slow starting team this year. And, you know, the Cavs can get through kind of the first quarter here without Jared Allen. So Cavs minus two in the first quarter for me, and then go ahead and grab yourself some Knicks. I get the, I guess they'll probably be plus eight, maybe plus even out to, as much to plus 10 live. So, you know, you can do a little bit better there. Maybe some sort of goofy same game parlay kind of thing where you do Cavs win the first quarter Knicks, you know, plus six or something. I don't know. Do you try and do that a lot when you bet quarters, Alex is, is live bet and take the uh, underdog as they are even a greater underdog. It depends. It is something I definitely look for. And if there is a team I like to bet, but, you know, full game, but at the same time, I see kind of an edge on the other team. You know, there was an example the other night, the Minnesota Timberwolves. I had them in the first quarter, but I like the Atlanta Hawks for the full game. So I actually bet both went in and did like a goofy same game parlay kind of for fun with that. And then live, you know, was sitting there kind of looking for Hawks numbers to pick off. So, I mean, I, I like to do it in that particular case. Maybe I've got myself a little over invested if I'm being perfectly honest, but yeah, it's, you know, try to think about your entry point. If you didn't get the number you wanted pregame, start to look around and see if maybe game state early on gives you a chance to grab a better number um, while it's live. This total sitting at 203, very low, which makes me think it's, I would lean under with a low total like that, but the over, or excuse me, the Knicks have scored at least 100 points in seven of their last 10, and the Cavs at eight of their last 10. So, Josh, what are your thoughts on the total here, knowing that that already combines to 200? Uh, you muted, Josh. Yeah, sorry about go. that. <laughs> My number on the total comes out a little bit above market, not by much. I think I'm at about 205, 205 and a half. Um, I, I wouldn't want to be betting the over in this spot, to be perfectly honest, with these teams. I would want to be on an under ticket if, if I had to pick a side here. Um, but, you know, they're, they're hanging a pretty sharp total here. So it's hard to want to get involved because it doesn't take a whole lot to go over a number like 203 in the NBA these days. All right. Well, no totals here for us on picks. Josh has taken the Knicks plus six and Alex is playing Cavs first quarter minus two. The Indiana Pacers in New Orleans tonight taking on the Pelicans. Pelicans are a three-point favorite, totals 215.5. The Pacers are wrapping up a five-game road trip tonight. That featured wins over the Lakers and Warriors. The Pacers also took the first meeting between these two teams, 111-94 in Indianapolis. Josh, do you have a play in this game? I do not. I'm staying as far away from it as possible. Uh, the Pacers this road trip have been surprisingly good in a way. I mean, they're 2-2, two and two, but they've shown some fight and they've actually shown to want to play together. And, you know, it seems like maybe these injuries and the opportunities to the younger guys who are more willing to buy into the system, perhaps, it just seems to be working better for them. And Rick Carlisle certainly... Um, glossing about the fact that, you know, the, the players that are out on the court are certainly putting their best foot forth. And, you know, at least um, 
fighting for the full 48 minutes as opposed to what we've seen from them in certain games this season. So I'm, I'm not saying they've turned a corner. I'm saying that at the very worst, though, they're, they're not a team that is just an automatic fade at the minute, I don't think. But, you know, the Pelicans laying three, three and a half here with no Brandon Ingram. We've still got Devontae Graham questionable. Uh, they have a significant rest advantage. So, I mean, it's the only way you can play it. I just can't quite get to laying this number with the Pelicans here, even if it is against the Pacers. Um, you know, like I said, final game of a road trip, maybe they try and make one real push and come out of it with a 3-2 record and five games out in the West Coast. That's pretty good for them. Uh, maybe it does set themselves up to still be a playing team if that's really what they want. And ultimately, I think it is what they want. We, You know, we've talked about them potentially blowing things up. I don't know if they're going to go down that route exactly. So... Yeah, I can see them putting a pretty decent and fair effort in this one. It, it might not be enough. It might you know, still lead to a double-digit loss, but it's tough to get involved for me in this game entirely, and, and I'm not laying this many points with the Pelicans. It looks like it's heading towards a four now as well, um, especially with still some questionable tags around someone like Devontae Graham, who, again, doesn't move the needle, but when you move, take him out of the lineup and you're already without Brandon Ingram, you're, you know, the value and replacement players is not great on that Pelicans roster, I think it's fair to say. Alex, you made a kind of a face when Josh said Pacers aren't an automatic fade right now, but apparently you think they are. Oh, yeah. No, I'm looking for any which way to attack the Pacers here. I would obviously much rather have Brandon Ingram here, but I'll kind of maybe poke a hole into what Josh was talking about and some of the support here for this Pacers team in the last couple games. You know, yes, they kept it close against Phoenix and Golden State, but Golden State in the middle of one of the worst schedule spots any team has had all year. Phoenix kind of looking ahead there. I think it was their first home game after a long road trip there. So not really too concerned about that. And at the end of the day, the Pelicans are going to have Valanchunas on the floor. And I don't know who on Indiana is going to stop him. You know, look for Valanchunas in your DFS lineups. Do some stuff with that. Look at his props, you know, a player props are your kind of thing. I just think this is a fantastic matchup for a Pelicans team that is not going to overlook this Pacers team. The Pacers are not going to come into this game and kind of have a team that's maybe not kind of focused here. You know, the Pelicans being kind of a bad team, but still trying to push maybe for the play-in games. And, uh, you know, also I love betting on the Pelicans when Chris isn't here. It's always fun to bet his teams when he's not around and make fun of them when he is. <laughs> well, I'll join you in that, and we can make fun of him together when he returns. I am going to bet the Pelicans, too. I got them last night at minus one and a half, so I'm feeling really great about that. But minus three, we'll take it here as well. Both of these teams rank in the top five in rebounding in rebound rate. The Pacers, though, they rely so heavily on second-chance points, points and points in the paint, offensive rebounds. And so without DeMontis Sabonis and Miles Turner and Malcolm Brogdon, who now is going to be out for the next 10 games, those second-chance points, points in the paint, are going to be a little bit harder to come by tonight. And with Jonas Valanciunas in there cleaning things up for the Pelicans, um, I like their chances tonight at minus three. I also think Josh Hart could have a really big night for the Pelicans. He's been a solid rebounder this year, seven and a half boards per game. So if he can come up with a couple big ones, I think the uh, Pelicans have a chance to run away with this one. So both Alex and I taking the Pelicans tonight at minus three. The Jazz and the Suns play tonight. This was supposed to be a great game between two of the top four teams in the Western Conference, but the Jazz are without so many players tonight. So Suns laying 10.5 at home. Total here is 222. The Jazz have also lost seven of their last nine. I'm struggling with things to come up to say about them because they're just so depleted here. Josh, uh, I mean, what do you do in this game? 
Yeah, you, you stay as far away from it as possible, <laughs> I think. I mean, the only way you can play it is the Suns. They're pretty banged up themselves, though. But uh, the Jazz, the latest injury report, making things even more brutal. Mike Conley now going to sit with rest. You know, they, I, I think it's fair to say that they're willing to punt this game entirely, um, which would, like you said, it would make it eight losses in their last ten. So things spiraling, spiraling a little bit for Utah in, in a bad way. And I'm pretty confident that they will be able to figure things out in the short term. And then in the long term as well, post-All-Star break, I'm sure they will go on a run once they do have healthy bodies back and available again. Uh, Rudy Gobert's absence, we know, have, having already seen it happen once this season, just how much it impacts that team. So maybe it is just a case of trying to get everyone on board for when he's back so that they can string together a, a proper run of form and, and sort of solidify, I think, a top three, maybe even a top two spot in the West if things go really right for them. But in terms of this game, I mean, like I said, it, it, the Suns aren't exactly in a fantastic position themselves. DeAndre Ayton still listed as doubtful. Although that doesn't seem to be as impactful anymore now with Bismack Biombo's resurgence and, you know, JaVale McGee still there and Jalen Smith, you know, can provide some decent minutes. So they've actually got some depth in that area. And I don't think that uh, his absence will hurt them at all in this particular matchup as well. Whether Whiteside's in or not, again, not a big one for me. I, I think I lean Suns. It's just so many question marks with so many players out that it's hard to really get a, a fair gauge on what you know, you, you make fair price and, and where you see a true edge on this one. So a good reason to stay away when there's this many pieces out. But if you had to pick something, I'm probably just going to keep riding Phoenix. You mentioned the depth that the Suns have at the center position this year. Last year, if you think back to the finals, when Dario Sarge went out with that an- or knee injury in the finals, and DeAndre Ayton had to, you know, had to take a couple of minutes to rest whenever he was off the floor. That's when the opposing team did most of their damage. So the Suns kind of reloaded in that category, got JaVale McGee, Jalen Smith, obviously playing more minutes and then Bismack Biombo. So good for the Suns for at least recognizing that and, and altering their roster a little bit this year. But Alex, they also have Jay Crowder campaign out. Um, so they're fairly depleted too. What do you do in this game? It's Suns are past, you know, and maybe look for something Suns early. Um, you know, the first quarter numbers look just about right to me. I didn't get a chance to look at the first half yet. But it's it's a Suns are past spot. The, the reason you pass, this is the first game of kind of a home and away series for these two teams. So they're going to play, then they have to go to Utah, which is always kind of a big, you know, look-ahead spot for everybody. So, I mean, given how little Utah has on the floor, there's a great chance that Phoenix kind of gets ahead in this one, puts on a big lead. And they actually have been a team to kind of finish off those games. But... It's just, you know, it's pretty close to my numbers. I generally don't love laying big numbers like this, but it really is Phoenix or pass. And honestly, I'm pretty close to a bet on Phoenix. There's just a lot of little mitigating factors kind of holding me back. Why is Utah such a tough place to play at? These two teams, like you just said, play in Utah on Wednesday. Why is that? It's, it's really the altitude. If you've ever visited Salt Lake City, um, you'll notice, you know, when you get off the plane after a couple hours, especially like if you're, you know, walking around and being physically active, it takes some time to adjust. You're short of breath. You generally don't feel well. Um, you know, it's various levels. These guys are, you know, uh, peak athletes. They all get there in enough time to kind of adjust and stuff. But it really is a tough spot. I mean, A, you know, you're traveling to Salt Lake City. There's not too many great flights, honestly, in and out of there. Um, so, you know, it's hard to see. Again, they're offline private. So, you know, I don't know exactly how that goes, but the altitude, it really does make a difference. You see it year in and year out in Denver, as well as Utah. People don't think about Utah, but if you look it up, it's pretty close to, I think, the same, um, you know, level above sea level. Josh, if both of these teams were completely healthy in this game, 
what would you expect out of it? It'd be a lot more fun than what we're going to see tonight, that's for sure. Uh, and we'd probably get, you know, a, a, obviously a much closer line and one that would want me involved in the Suns because I think we might be getting value on them there. Um, certainly one of those or one of these matchups where, you know, if they do meet in the playoffs, I will be pretty bullish on the Phoenix Suns in a matchup like this and hoping to get a, a favorable price to match as well. But you know, again, with the Jazz, especially in the regular season Jazz, it comes down to just as long as they're healthy, you know exactly what style of basketball you're going to get from them on a nightly basis. And it, sometimes it's just a matter of if that three-point shot's going, there's not a whole lot any team can do about it. I mean, they've got numerous shooters that can shoot in and around 40% from deep. And, you know, with the volume that goes with it, they can put up 120 on the best of defenses as well. So, yeah, on a nightly basis in the regular season, it, in a, in a matchup like this, if both were fully healthy, we could get anything really. Um, and it would make for fantastic viewing. But unfortunately, yeah, we're going to get uh, probably the polar opposite of that, especially given that I think the Jazz just punt this entirely. And those guys that are questionable, Bogdanovich, Ingles, Royce O'Neal, they're probably going to sit this one out, I think. And, and it's going to be a Jazz team similar to what we saw in Toronto not too long ago. Alex, perfect opportunity. Jazz team total under, right? I don't even know what it is, but got to take it. Nah, it's a blowout, Kate. You remember the blowout? Rule. Oh, that's no true. No unders and blowouts. That's true. All right, we'll leave that one off the board. This game is completely off the board for all three of us, uh, but I don't know. Enjoy watching it tonight, whoever decides to tune in. The uh, Chicago Bulls are on the road as well, taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. They are one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Total here is 217. The Thunder have lost 10 of their last 11 games. The Bulls? lost six of their last seven, and they've fallen out of first place in the Eastern Conference. So, Alex, can they get a win here tonight over this Oklahoma City team? Absolutely. I mean, you know, we keep talking about injuries to teams and kind of how decimated some of these units are. You know, the Bulls are up there with everybody. Blonzo Ball's out. Looks like Caruso is back out again. Um, you know, Derek Jones Jr. isn't maybe the best player, but he's someone that provides the minutes. Levine's questionable. Vucevic is questionable. But... The Bulls persist. I mean, they've got DeMar DeRozan. It's, that seems to be all they kind of need to put up some points and some other guys to kind of help things out and hold down the fort. I mean, the Thunder, you know, I, you kind of watch them, and it seems like they're playing a little bit better, but they're just still losing games and losing by a lot of points. I mean, again, I don't know if you want to really bet on a Chicago Bulls team that I think only has one of their normal starters out there. I mean, Looks like we're going to see a lineup of Kobe White, Ayo DeSumo again, um, Troy Brown Jr., DeMar DeRozan, and Tony Bradley. I mean, I don't know how that team should be favored over anybody, but it's the Thunder. I mean, it's just a really weird spot. I, I kind of have been circling the Thunder all day just simply because, again, I don't know how that lineup is actually any worse, or I'm sorry, any better than the Thunder lineup, but I don't feel good about it. All right, well, I like the Bulls in this one. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to play the minus one and a half. <laughs> For starters, they got smoked in Orlando tonight. They lost to the Magic 114-94. So I like this as a little bit of a bounce-back spot for the Bulls, even though it's a back-to-back -back and on the road. They only shot 23% from three last night and gave up 60 points in the paint. I don't see that happening two straight nights. And you think back to just three games ago, this was basically the, the exact same starting lineup for the Bulls, and they beat the Cavs by 13 in that game. So I think they could easily do it tonight. I mean, the Thunder are a terrible team, one of the worst in the league. So this line of, of being a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road 
with the injuries they have just tells me that this Thunder team absolutely stinks and anyone has a chance to beat them any given night. So I like the Bulls in this one. Josh, you're agreeing with me. Yeah, you're not wrong. Anyone <laughs> has a chance of beating the Thunder in the NBA this season. Uh, you know, they've been a great ATS team, but that's, you know, largely due to inflated numbers and then being able to sort of sneak in the back door of some of those and, you know, make them look closer than what they were. Asking them to essentially win outright is an entirely different task. So I, I do think that if you're going to play this, you probably play Chicago. And, and you know, if, I, I'd be willing to wait and see if you can get some good injury news and it, see if Vucevic is playing and, you know, even if the number moves a little bit, I mean, I think it, it probably won't adjust enough. So you can have value there on Chicago. I kind of lean towards the under as well in this one. I haven't got involved in it yet. I might, though. Um, you know, the Bulls' offensive rating of late has sort of plummeted, which isn't surprising given the personnel that they have. Uh, this game, if it does end up being sort of a half-court grind, which is generally what happens with Oklahoma City games, uh, you know, it'll be difficult, I think, for them to generate decent looks against a Thunder defense, who in the half court can be respectable, if nothing else. Uh, but the flip side is, you know, this Oklahoma City offense is just not good <laughs> at all. And I think that asking them to have to sort of carry the load, lead the way in terms of scoring and, and push that total is, is a lot to ask of the team. So I do lean towards the under. I show a little bit of value towards the under as well. I come up... Uh, about two or three points under market at the moment. So sitting at about 214, 214 and a half. Um, so not a huge edge by any stretch of the imagination, but one that I definitely think I'll, I'll dive into a little bit more closer to tip off. And like I said, just wait on those injury updates as well. I think you'll get better position either way there. So you're right where the market was when it opened. I believe this game opened at 214 and a half for the mm -hmm. total, about all the way up to 217. So maybe some value on the under there. Um, this Alex Caruso injury news over the weekend with Grayson Allen following him, flagrant two foul in that game, um, broke his wrist. Now he's out six to eight weeks. What did you guys think about that play and Grayson Allen being suspended for just one game? Just another horrible person from Duke being horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's just like. And I've played a lot of basketball. I'm, I'm all for a nice, hard, intentional foul from time to time to keep people from doing stuff. That was kind of way above and beyond. And I really hope that Caruso can get back and this doesn't end up impacting what could be, you know, an interesting postseason for the Bulls for the first time in forever. Yeah. I, look, I don't like to, to just judge players based on their history, but I think Grayson Allen is one of those that makes it really difficult to give the benefit of the doubt in any situation. Mm -hmm. um, hearing him sort of try to explain what he was doing doesn't really match what the video shows he was doing. So, you know, that's never a good sign in itself for me. Um, you know, a one-game suspension, I guess, is all you're going to get really in the league unless you go out and, you know, fight some fans or something of that nature. So, I didn't expect any more than that, but, you know, it's still not a great look or a great taste, that's for sure. And the Milwaukee Bucks kind of trolling the Bulls on Twitter afterwards. They also came out with a statement after Allen was suspended for the one game saying they don't agree with the suspension, which typically a team just kind of shuts their mouth after that and you try and move on, sweep it under the rug. But for them to come out and say we don't agree with that, I thought that was a little bit surprising. But... Hopefully this Bulls team can get Levine back, can get Caruso back whenever he's recovered and kind of get back onto track where they were. Alex, did you have another point to make? Yeah, I just actually pulled it up real quick and watched it again. I mean, you watch him, he goes up for the ball at first, but there's a follow through at the end. And 
again, like I've been in that situation a bunch. I've gone across people's arms a bunch of times doing that, but you don't follow through like that at the end. I mean, I get what the Bucks are doing. They're trying to support their guy, and that's fine or whatever. But, you know, I think this would be maybe one of those things where you'd probably just try to be quiet and let everybody forget about it in a week. Right. Well, all right. No Alex Caruso in this game tonight, but I am taking the Bucks, not the Bucks, the Bulls. Minus one and a half. Bucks minus one and a half over the Thunder would be a fantastic line. I'd take that all day. <laughs> all right, a couple of questions here. Alex, I'm going to give you this one. What do you think about the Knicks under 203? Yeah, we talked about this one a little bit earlier, if you want to go back when we're done on the show. But, um, you know, low totals, generally a good spot to go under. You know, I have this one, and I think Josh mentioned that he also has this one a couple points over actually what the number is. But, you know, given some of the injuries here to Cleveland with guys like Markin and being out who both scores and give up a lot of points, um, you know, Jared Allen being in and out is kind of tough. Robinson being in obviously would be good for an under here. And I think maybe the Knicks might end up controlling the pace in what might be a slow and ugly game. So lean under. But with some of the defensive pieces that might be missing, I mean, if Jared Allen and Mitchell Robinson are out, there's not a rim protector to be had anywhere. Josh, you agree? Yeah, pretty much much the same. Um, like I said earlier, I come out a little bit above the market, um, but I don't want to be betting that way. I would want to be on an under ticket if I had to play the total either way here. It's just a little difficult, I think, at, at 203 to want to get involved. There's a few moving pieces and variables. And again, you're probably better off just waiting for the final injury updates and, and getting both lineups and having all the information available to you before you go dive into this one. I think so, too. Probably the best way to play it as of now. Let's also take a look at our best bets for today. The games we are playing couple on the uh, Pelicans, Alex and I playing the Pels, Bulls, uh, the Knicks-Cavs game. We've got uh, two different sides kind of going against each other. Not really, though, because, you know, first quarter Cavs, final game Knicks. You guys could both be winners tonight. And that is what we always hope for. We always want to be winners. Uh, <laughs> that is all we have for you today in terms of games to discuss. Short slate, only four. But we would love it if you would head over to Twitter. Give us a follow. Alex is at underscore noops. Josh is at punt underscore school, and I am just at Kate Constable. That is all. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you back here again tomorrow. Have a good night.